The market doesn't joke around, so why would you? Get serious. Choose Tasty Trade. Tasty Trade gives you the tools you need to make smarter moves. Dig into data with advanced charting, track profit accurately with order chain trackers, see risk clearly with curve analysis, and trade with low-capped commissions, stocks, options, futures, and more. All on one platform. No wonder serious traders choose Tasty Trade. Join the club, genius. Tasty Trading is a registered broker-dealer and member of FINRA and SIPC. Bring in show music, please. Hi, I'm CNBC producer Katie Kramer. Today on Squawk Pod. Boeing's bad weekend. The FAA grounded hundreds of 737 MAX 9 jets after a piece of the fuselage of an Alaska Airlines plane blew out during a flight. What happened with our own Phil LeBeau? The seats next to the plug that was stripped off the plane, they were empty. Thank goodness. And how it could have happened, former FAA Administrator Randy Babbitt. If you look at the rate of increase of the the FAA's budget, it hasn't really increased much in real dollars in the last decade. And Bitcoin ready for its ETF windfall if the Securities and Exchange Commission approves it. Former SEC Chair Jay Clayton is optimistic. I think approval is inevitable. There's nothing left to decide. Those stories. Plus, Elon Musk prompts a drug-induced headache for his board at Tesla. We did have an opportunity to do all this in college, like most of us. It's Monday, January 8th, 2024. Squawk Pod begins right now. Stand Becky by in three, two, one. Cuba, please. Good morning and welcome to Squawk Box right here on CNBC. We are live from the NASDAQ market site in Times Square. I'm Becky Quick along with Joe Kernan. Andrew is out today. Welcome back, Joe. Thank you. It's a new year. It is. is that, have I got that right? It is a new year. It, it go fast. Good luck writing that on your checks. Uh, right. <laughs> they, they have been going Does anyone fast. do that? No, I do. I still have some checks. You write big. some checks? Really? I still, yeah, I've got a few checks I write. Not everything could be done electronically. And Boeing shares this morning are getting pretty hit pretty hard in the pre-market. The FAA grounding scores of 737 MAX 9 planes after a piece of the aircraft blew out during an Alaska Airlines flight on Friday. Philip O joins us with more on this. Phil, a lot of questions. Oh, definitely, Becky. And I don't think we're going to have answers. I would be surprised if we have answers today. Maybe we'll get some more answers in terms of uh, exactly what happened and a move towards a solution in the next couple of days. But if that happens, I think people are going to say, wow, Boeing is getting off relatively quickly in terms of a major, major uh, scare for the airline or for the company, as well as for the airlines that fly the MAX 9. We've seen the video. Everybody has seen the video that came out over the weekend from inside the Alaska Airlines plane. Here's the focus of the investigation, the fuselage plug, which is essentially where an emergency door would be. It's been plugged as part of the manufacturing process. There were pressurization problems with this particular aircraft three times before this incident. The NTSB describes them at least initially as being benign issues. But did that have any, uh, play a role in what ultimately happened in the air? And the grounding duration is unclear. The seats next to the aircraft or, or near the plug that was stripped off the plane, they were empty. Thank goodness, because this could have been much worse. And this happened early in the flight. Here's uh, the NTSB talking about just how lucky everybody was that this was not a worse accident. The uh, aircraft was around 16,000 feet 
and only 10 minutes out from the, air, from, uh, the airport when the door blew. Fortunately, they were not at cruise altitude of 30,000 or 30,000, 35,000 feet. Think about what happens when you're in cruise. Everybody's up and walking. Folks don't have seatbelts on. Uh, they're going to uh, restrooms. The flight attendants are providing service to passengers. We could have end up with, ended up with something so much more tragic. Very, very fortunate. Here's what's going on with the grounding. Now, there are 218 MAX 9s that have been delivered, but only 171 are grounded. Those are the ones that have the fuselage plug. The remainder are not grounded. United has 79 planes that are grounded. Alaska has 65. Six other foreign airlines have the remaining 74. And this is a relatively new aircraft in question with Alaska Airlines. So it was only delivered on November 30th. So what happened, or October 31st, I should say, what happened between then and this incident over the weekend? That will be at the heart of the investigation uh, as the NTSB looks not only at the aircraft that is back at the airport in Portland, but also the fuselage plug, which has been recovered. It was uh, in, it fell into a backyard in suburban Portland. They now have that. They'll look at that. They'll look at the cockpit voice recorder as well as the flight data recorder. They'll try to get a better sense of exactly what happened with this incident. And does it portend or indicate that there might be a broader issue with other 737 MAX-9s? The important thing for a lot of investors this morning, separate from this investigation, is whether or not this has legs. Will this mean that Boeing has to slow down plans for ramping up max production, which they are in the process of doing between now and the end of 2026? There is a big schedule increase that is planned for max production, including the Max 9. Also take a look at shares of Spirit Aerosystems. Seems like we talk about Spirit every six or seven weeks. There's another issue. The stock is getting hammered today. Spirit makes the fuselage for the MAX. It made the MAX plug in question that uh, is at the heart of this investigation. We've reached out to Spirit, by the way. Uh, they have a new CEO there, Pat Shanahan, who was a longtime Boeing executive, served in the uh, Trump, Trump administration briefly, guys. Uh, we have not heard back from Spirit at this point that uh, Mr. Shanahan will be talking anytime soon. But he's got his hands full in terms of correcting a lot of the problems that are at Spirit. And again, we don't know if Spirit is directly re uh, the cause of what happened with this uh, accident for Alaska Airlines. But certainly a lot of questions for investors today. Guys, back to you. Yeah, I mean, Phil, it, the video is, is so graphic, it's hard not to put yourself in the position of, of the passengers sure. who were on that plane. And I think that's the instant reaction everybody had. Imagine even driving into work with your windows down and then think about what these passengers went through. But when you look oh, at yeah. the stock implications, the Spirit Aerosystems, as you bring it up, that used to be a unit of Boeing, right? The, the idea that it was spun yes. off at one point? Yep. A lot of it's questions based I would assume about answers. that, too. Yeah, it's been separate. It's been its own company since 2005, and it has diversified its product portfolio. When it was uh, spun off initially from Boeing, almost all of its business, as you would imagine, was for Boeing. This is where the fuselages are built. They're built in Wichita, Kansas. They have diversified. They also do fuselages for Airbus as well. But, Becky, we have talked, I, I think it was like eight weeks ago. I'd have to go back and yeah. look exactly when. Uh, there were a couple of incidents. 
uh, involving holes that were improperly drilled that yeah. required inspections. Um, we've had other issues with Spirit Aero Systems. Uh, th- this, this is at the heart of a lot of questions people have, not just for Spirit, but for Boeing as well in terms of quality control. What's going on? And this has been a focus for Dave Calhoun, the CEO. He has talked about it at length. He will hold an employee town hall tomorrow in Renton, Washington, where the MAX is built. And he'll be there along with Stan Deal, who's the head of Boeing Commercial Airplanes. Stephanie Pope, who's the new COO, is expected to be there. There will be board members there. Boeing is front and center right now for a lot of people saying, what is going on? Explain to us whether or not you have your arms wrapped around the quality control issues there. That's going to be a major question for Calhoun and the leadership team at Boeing, not just today or the next couple of days, but over the next several weeks. Phil, thank you. That stock off by more than 8% right now, and it's the reason that the Dow's under so much pressure this morning. When are we going to Davos? (laughs) Sunday. Okay. I want the plane that can go over the ocean. Yeah. With that said, it's when's the last time safe. we when's yeah, the last time we saw it? And then more you think, than ten years. And even you know you can point fingers at Boeing and, and everything else. But would you rather be on a Boeing or a Chinese or a Russian? hundred no, percent. It's just the the journal does a good case of laying out the troubles we've already seen in 2024. You had the Japanese Airlines, Japan Airlines flight that collided with another flight and caught on fire. They managed to get all 300 plus yep. people out safely, which is, says something for, I think, how they were able to maneuver the people getting out of that. We've had more near misses. This happens as we're taking more flights. The airways are getting more crowded. You're doing it with less experienced people. And these are all problems that the FAA has pointed out. We just need to make sure we continue to do it with this great safety record. Yeah. And again, Thank God that no one was injured on on this flight um, that landed. Seriously, yeah. I'm sure they're all damaged. Yeah, but thank goodness nothing else happened in this area. So we are grateful for that. And joining us right now is former FAA administrator and pilot Randy Babbitt. Um, Randy, we have been speculating an awful lot about what happened, what could be to blame, but obviously you know a lot more about the industry than we do. What what are you thinking about what you've seen so far? Well, thank you. Uh, I think uh, the facts are unfolding for us right now. The, uh, the NTSB is on the site. Uh, they certainly will look into and you know run through a range of, of potentials. Was it... Uh, uh, just a simple one-off failure of a part, or was the part, you know, was it an installation problem? Was it a design problem? Uh, those things will have to be uncovered, uh, which, you know, they're, they're quite capable between the FAA and the NTSB of uh, getting to the, the root of the, of the problem. You know, Randy, rather than speculate about what caused this, rather than spend the rest of the time talking about that, why don't we talk about how safe commercial air travel is at this point? It's, it's still the safest way to travel But I think there are concerns because the number of accidents and near misses have risen pretty dramatically over the last several years. In some cases, you're talking about higher levels than we had seen pre-pandemic as well. What's happening? How concerned should we be as consumers? Well, I I mean, let's start with it's the most remarkably safe system in the world. Uh, When you think of when there was a serious accident, we haven't had a fatality in more than a decade. At any given moment, there's there's 7000 airplanes in the air over this country every day. Uh, And I think what you're seeing is 
there's certainly more focus in the the capability, whether it's social media or other vehicles. Uh, there's a, a way of getting any information out. Uh, it, it doesn't matter if if somebody's armrest fell off; uh, it would make the news. And so I think we're we're highlighting a lot of things, but overall, it's a remarkably sound system and safe. No, no, no question. And I, I start with that preface that this is still the safest way to travel. But if you look at the numbers in the first 10 months of last year, rates of serious incursions on U.S. runways had jumped to 0.41 from 0.34 in 2022 and just 0.24 in 2019, according to FAA data. What, mm-hmm. what the, Some of the, th- the reasons that people are pointing at the, for this are you're seeing a big increase in commercial traffic. Um, you're seeing fewer numbers of experience, whether it be pilots, whether it be people working on the the the, uh, the ground for some of these uh, airlines. A lot of people retired. A lot of people got moved out. Uh, you could have problems with the FAA air traffic control because they're having trouble finding experienced people as well. What would you pinpoint for the reason that the, those, the near misses seem to be increasing? Well, we... we as you well know, we went from a full operating system uh, in the height of COVID down to 20% of the operation. And people made adjustments, whether it was uh, offering early outs, early retirements, things like that. Uh, we spun the system down and spinning it back up puts a lot of new people into new positions uh, in the reporting. Uh, I also uh, would be slightly critical. We've been a little slow to adopt some of the technology that's out there today. Uh, for example, runway incursions. Uh, we have the ability today, uh, you can buy a gadget, put it on your dog and, and find out where he is in the yard. Uh, we surely should be able to find out where airplanes are on airports. Uh, and we have the technology to do it, but it does take an investment. So when you look at the overall system, what kind of investment do you think it would take? And where do you think that money should be focused? Mm-hmm. Well, I think, you know, right now we're in the throes of uh, FAA reauthorization and the finances behind that. Uh, if you look at the rate of increase of the, of the FAA's budget, it hasn't really increased much uh, in real dollars uh, in the last decade. Uh, we also, I mean, we have to acknowledge, too, a lot of the positions that you're talking about uh, have a, a somewhat of a long pipeline of training and entry. You don't just hire a controller. And, you know, three weeks later, put them in a position. It's years. The same thing with pilots. Uh, it takes a number of years to go from a, a novice pilot to, to a commercial airline pilot. And all of those, you know, there's a, there's a learning curve that goes with every bit of that. Uh, the good news is we've got safeguards around that. Uh, these incidents get reported. And I'd much rather read about the report why it didn't happen than not get that report and find out that something bad did happen. Yeah, you you and me both. Um, Randy Babbitt, former FAA administrator. Randy, thanks a lot. Next on Squawk Pod, CNBC contributor Jake Clayton, UPenn adjunct professor on Ivy League reputations taking a surprising hit. What did people see in those hearings? They saw a terrible response to a question about anti-Semitism, an an equivocal response, but there was no room for equivocation. But what else did they see? They saw people unwilling to examine the status quo. Plus, he was SEC chairman. As a former regulator, Clayton weighs in on the looming Bitcoin ETF decision expected any minute. We'll be right back. Travel is great, but planning for travel can be time-consuming and difficult. That's where One Travel comes in. With One Travel, you'll find everything you need to book the perfect trip. 
flights, hotels, cars, transportation. It's all right there with one travel you can book online via app or even pick up the phone and talk to a travel advisor ready to help you make your selections. Visit onetravel.com slash music or call 855-437-2154. Plan it, book it, live it. One Travel. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration. Our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager. This is Squawk Pod. Stand by, Joe. Here's Mike. Q. Good morning and welcome back to Squawk Box here on CNBC, live from the NASDAQ market site in Times Square. I'm Joe Kernan, along with Becky Quick. Uh, Andrew is out today. Did they, uh, did they do that this year? Do what? They did the... Times Square confetti? Yeah, yeah there's still yeah. confetti out here. You yeah. haven't seen it? Yeah. yeah. It's still I, floating around. I actually did see a little bit of it. No, there's still confetti this morning. No, you can still see it but I'm, getting, I'm, I'm old. I'm, I'm, I, I watch, uh, what's his face? Uh, Ryan, uh, Ryan Seacrest? Yeah. I don't know who any of those people are that he has on. I don't know who the people he has on are. I don't know who the people in California are. I don't care about any of them. I don't. I can't talk like them. To hide all of. Where is Guy Frickin' Lombardo? And where is? Uh, well, I can't Dick tell you Clark? for sure. People that make me feel like this is a an actual important moment. Let me see if I can call it once. Welcome for you. You know, I saw one guy. I saw. Um, LL Cool J, he's pretty cool. He's pretty cool. He's a big dude. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I did. I actually I, saw him too. I, I saw him and thought he was. I so I'm, I'm, I'm kidding a little bit about it. I, I did understand some of it. And, and uh, I know, I, I've met like him before. Grandpa he's been Simpson. in. I know. I don't care. I don't care. Did you ever see what Am they I say? wearing underwear? <laughs> you better be quiet. We're going to put you in a rest home. And then he says, I'm already in a rest home. He goes, well, We're going to put you in one that was on 60 minutes. <laughs> Welcome back. Good to be here. It it, so they did, uh, it all happened. Yeah, it did. And it is 2024. It is 2024. BlackRock has set a fee of 0.3% for its planned uh, spot Bitcoin exchange traded fund, which is uh, notably lower than those charged by some of its peers. Uh, in comparison, Valkyrie Investments and Fidelity are charging uh, fees of 0.8% and 0.39% respectively for their uh, planned spot Bitcoin ETFs. And I just noticed uh, we're getting a pretty firm bid this morning on Bitcoin, it's almost 45. I saw 40, 44 and change a second ago. Joining us now to talk about the possible approval of a spot Bitcoin ETF is former SEC Chairman uh, Jay Clayton. He's a CNBC contributor and uh, adjunct professor at the University uh, of Pennsylvania, which I say now, and it's like, that's a loaded term all of a sudden. It's so weird. <laughs> a lot of ways you can go with that. You know what's really loaded is Harvard. Yeah. That is a loaded term, uh, if there ever was one. But uh, maybe we'll talk about that uh, in a second. I've just been flabbergasted so many different ways recently. Now it's like, to the left, Oh, you know, they're enabling um, 
plagiarism, <laughs> cheating. It's like if it's in their best interest or if it's in defending some of their sacred cows, nothing, no matter how absurd it is, they'll look at you with a straight face and tell you, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Do you, do you know what I'm talking about? Are you, are you surprised uh, at the way it works? I do, and all right, let's go there. Why, why is this happening on, on college campuses, or why the reaction? Um, because there's been no real oversight or accountability. And when there's no real oversight or accountability, you get insular. What did people see in those hearings? They saw, they saw a terrible response to a question about anti-Semitism, an, an equivocal response when there was no room for equivocation. But what else did they see? They saw people unwilling to examine the status quo. If you're a company, we're talking about, talking about Boeing this morning, right? If the CEO of Boeing comes out and says, you know what, there's nothing to see here. You know, we'll fix it, don't worry about it. We'd all be like, that's not how you act when you're a leader. What America saw was that kind of action from the leaders of institutions that have, what, 14, 15, $20 billion in annual revenue, no willingness to be introspective. And I don't blame the leaders themselves for that. That's institutional perspective. That's what was going on there. Right, they're a product of their, of their environment. And, and, well, if they, if they challenged the status quo, they challenged the right. faculty. Well, they wouldn't be there. They right. wouldn't be there. But to bear that out, I mean, Boeing's not going to be able to say that because the FAA is stepping in. There's, what are you calling for, federal oversight? No, well, well I'm, calling for, I'm calling for some oversight. I think they lack any meaningful oversight at all, right? I mean, in, if public companies, they have incredible public feedback loops, the, the service you guys provide. You're at, you were asking good questions this morning, like, hey, you're asking good questions to the government. Why are these planes flying at all if they can't go to Hawaii? Yeah. Did right? you see the Ackman, you see the Ackman piece today? And we had Ackman on and I was like, wow, now you notice something's happening. I've had you, we've had you on a million times where you've been spewing DEI and ESG as, you know, it, it's some wonderful thing. And now you realize what it actually is, and, and in, in his in the piece today, it's well, there's there's DEI with a capital D, a capital E, and a capital I, and there's DEI with a small D, small. E. I'm for the small D E E I, and I'm for the small E S and D. I'm just not for the capitalized D E I, and it's just all crap. Well, look, with, with ESG, the 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 elements of ESG, the basics of ESG, they make sense. G makes sense. Good governance. We just talked Obviously, about good governance. Obviously, yeah. yeah. But the way that it's been... But, but with no accountability, no checking, no questioning, the fact, the fact that you could say to people, you know what, you can, you can binarily screen investments, and not only are you going to do at least as well, you're going you're gonna to make the environment so how do we do better. That's, that's, what that's about DEI? How do we do DEI now? Is Claudine Gay, was she the best person for that leadership role at Harvard. And, and when, I mean, I saw guys like Jason Furman die on this hill. That's the hill he's going to die on, that we're not going to outsource getting rid of this. But was she the right person from the very beginning? Look, I don't know because I wasn't there making those decisions. But I think that people have to ask themselves, are, are we doing enough um, rigorous selection for these positions. Obviously, these positions, like I said, $14 billion of annual revenue. The, you need somebody that has deep management experience and the like. Why do we care, though? It's a private university. But what? Let them it, wither on the vine, and if, they, if this damages their reputation. It, it, that's, a, that's private companies. Okay, we still care a lot about what private companies do in our society. They're subject to lots of checks. They may not be subject to the public shareholder checks, 
but they're certainly subject to regulation and, and the like. If you're, if you're a private company in the oil and gas industry, you're subject to all sorts of regulation. You're, but Harvard moved on this because they, they saw job placement for their graduates drop significantly. They saw the number of uh, people wanting to get into the school drop significantly this year. And they saw donations down. So yeah, Harvard, finally some checks from right, the outside right. on, on what's going on. But look, look, at the, look at the place that universities hold in our society. What, what do parents, what are parents willing to do to get children a ticket to these exclusive universities? They're willing to do, that tells you how valuable they are. And look, we've all benefited from what universities have produced. The fact that, the fact that people take what they learn at universities out into the world, and you know, we are the leaders in the world in so many industries, that has its roots in our universities, without a doubt. Now, we can't lose that. And if it takes a little bit of a, a kick from the government or a little bit of a kick from the private sector to get that kind of accountability and introspection, so be it. There's been some damage. There's no doubt. I, I, and I was thinking about it. I, uh, so I have all these sweatshirts from my daughter who, who went, and I wear them now. And people, it causes conversation. You came in today. <laughs> you I'm, came I'm in today. I was going to talk to you about Bitcoin. About I said you're an adjunct Bitcoin, professor, yeah, University yeah. of Pennsylvania, and here we are. You know, ten minutes later, that's all we've talked about. It's uh, this day. It's it's not good. We Boy. should keep talking about it, though. We can't. I guess. We can't. Don't. I mean, what happens with Bitcoin? Are they going to? Is the SEC going to sign off on a Bitcoin ETF? You think? I, I think approval is inevitable. And, 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 Imminently. Uh, and I and I think it. That, there's nothing left to decide. I know. And, and I, look, I credit the SEC for where they are. What, what has, what, where are we? We're comfortable with the disclosure. Joe just went through the cost of investing in a Bitcoin ETF. People need to know what the cost of doing it is. They need to know, you know about the underlying Bitcoin market. Is the Bitcoin underlying trading market something that is, what I would say, is robust enough, efficacious enough, mm -hmm. where you can rely on it? it? It is much better today than it was five years ago. Five years ago, there was wash sales, there was laddering, there was all sorts of things that you wouldn't want to make available to the general public um, because of that risk. And the last thing, and I think this is missed, is the technology to actually provide the product, the custodying, um, the create, the redeem. This is, a, this is a big step, not just for Bitcoin, but for finance generally. If you can digitize, tokenize, underlying assets and trade that way, that's a potential significant change across finance, not just in the you know, crypto space. But you, you think Bitcoin ETF approval is coming and imminent? Yeah, well? I do. Yeah. And I could be wrong, but that's what I think. Okay. Now your opinion matters, former SEC chairman. I don't like what's happening. And then it, the, when you abuse DEI, then you set back the movement and we're still nowhere we, where we need to be. S&P CEOs, board members, and people of color that, that represent. We, we've got miles to go, but this like casts a pall the way that it was administered. It, it, I, mean, I, how, so, I mean, we can't ignore that we need have a lot more work to do. Well, I think that's, that's where you have to start, Joe. We have miles to go. But let's, let, me, let me recognize, we have miles to go. We still have problems. Anybody who says that they don't see right. bias in society and, doesn't and, have their eyes. And old boy network old boy, and, and, and all that, that stuff. Absolutely. You know, yeah. I've seen it in every organization I've been. Now, lesser and more people making improvements. But let me, give you, let me give the American people some credit here. If you travel the world, 
There's no country that is trying to assimilate, respect, um, provide for more different cultures, religions, and the like right. than the United States. Right. Hey, Clayton, thanks. Cheese will be next. Coming up on Squawk Pod, Elon Musk and extracurriculars. New reporting in the Wall Street Journal says the world's richest man may have taken illegal drugs and that board members and investors in his six companies might be concerned. I can understand the key man theory. These companies, both SpaceX and Tesla, are entirely dependent on Elon Musk still being there. From pit lane to podium, the Las Vegas Grand Prix is providing fans a race day experience at the speed they deserve. With the help of T-Mobile for Business, our 5G advanced network solutions are powering race day operations with event-wide connectivity. From streamlined gate entry to an immersive app, giving fans blazing fast access to the sport they love. This is accelerating innovation. This is the Las Vegas Grand Prix with T-Mobile for Business. Take your business further at T-Mobile.com slash now. You're listening to Squawk Pod from CNBC. Here's Joe Kernan. And now to a piece that was in the journal, Wall Street Journal over the weekend. It says some executives and board members at Elon Musk's companies are persistently concerned about his drug use. Musk has previously smoked marijuana in public and on the Joe Rogan podcast. And he has uh, said that he has a prescription for ketamine. Now, the journal report uh, cites people who have witnessed Mr. Musk's uh, alleged drug use and others who have knowledge of it as saying that Musk has used LSD, cocaine, ecstasy, and psychedelic mushrooms, often at parties, private parties around the world. An attorney for Musk told the journal that uh, Mr. Musk is regularly and randomly tested at SpaceX and has never failed a test. Uh, The journal reports as board members at Tesla have spoken to each other about their concerns but haven't said anything a formal that would end up in meeting minutes. Uh, but among the concerns, you might think, well, it's private, right? Well, if it's illegal, illegal drug use could violate federal contracts and would also break uh, company, company uh, policies. You know, you did have an opportunity to do all this in college, like most of us. I don't see why he would still... When I first uh, heard, I thought, what drugs are still illegal? You walk down the street in New York <laughs> City and you get a contact eye anywhere you go. I can understand the key man theory, yeah. uh, because these companies, both SpaceX and Tesla, are entirely dependent on Elon Musk still being there. Even Ron Barron has told us that, one of his most fervent defenders, a huge long-term bullish investor. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, we'll see. I, I, he's 50-something. He's in his mid- Yeah, he's young 50s. I think he's... 52 or 53. Still yeah. dabbling, dabbling a bit. And you know, the psychedelic drugs are, there's a big. Well, ketamine is the one that Matthew Resurgent. Perry yeah, but that's for from. trying to get off of something else, uh, yeah. among other things. And, and you know, if I guess if in college you skipped that, that period, uh, you know, people want to. Ch- well, I mean, you know, some people think it's mind. Remember, Timothy, you don't remember I, probably. No, Timothy Leary was a huge yes, I, I, uh, yes, advocate of the mind expanding properties. And there's and, a huge portion in Silicon Valley that thinks a portion of people that think yeah, the same thing. That exactly. think if you very lightly experiment with some of these psychedelic drugs, it actually opens your mind to the possibility for additional creative uses. I've never tried any of them, but <laughs> I'm not going to weigh in. Okay. You're going to sit silently. Like, over like there. a kid. No, I said <laughs> it wasn't, you know, college was you're going to 
experiment. It seemed like you, you get beyond it by the time you're 50, but maybe not, you know, to each his own. But, but, but it, it, it isn't a private matter. It's a, it's a, a publicly, publicly held company right. and a defense contractor. Um, All right, well, far out. Yeah. Yeah. You're over 30, you just don't get it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and that is Squawk Pod for today. Thanks for listening. Squawk Box is hosted by Joe Kernan, Becky Quick, and Andrew Ross Sorkin, who I promise will be back tomorrow. Tune in weekday mornings on CNBC at 6 Eastern and follow Squawk Pod wherever you get your podcasts. We'll meet you back here tomorrow. We are clear. Thanks, guys. Travel is great, but planning for travel can be time-consuming and difficult. That's where One Travel comes in. With One Travel, you'll find everything you need to book the perfect trip. Flights, hotels, cars, transportation, it's all right there. With One Travel, you can book online, via app, or even pick up the phone and talk to a travel advisor ready to help you make your selections. Visit onetravel.com slash music or call 855-437-2154. Plan it, book it, live it. One Travel.